Hey everyone, Corey Swergoss here, the host of the Physique Business Podcast. And today I'm going to give you a recap of the Vancouver Pro Show, both the amateur and the pro categories that took place over a two-day event in Abbotsford, British Columbia. And of course, as you know, in the only way that I would do it from a business aspect. I mean, if you want to see show results, head over to Muscle Insider, head over to Flex Magazine. You'll be able to see commentating on bodybuilding and bullshit and other places that will talk about the show itself specifically. I'm going to focus more on the business side. That's what I find the greatest amount of interest in. And so that's what I'm going to bring you here. So first and foremost, let's talk about the amateur show that took place on Saturday. Where are all the athletes? I put about a podcast a couple weeks back asking where those athletes are. And we had just around 100 athletes in the Vancouver Pro-Am in the Pro Qualifier segment of the event. That's down from, you know, 240, 250 pre-COVID. So numbers are down in half. The athletes, in order to be able to qualify for a pro card, need a minimum of five athletes in that particular class. So starting off on the women's side, we had one women's bodybuilder. So no pro card was awarded for that. We went down and we had five women's physique athletes, one of which was a women's bodybuilder that they, they uh, convinced to bring down to women's physique so that they were able to award a pro card there. So obviously nice win for British Columbia, being able to take home a pro card in that category. We had 10 athletes on the figure side and then bikini was absolutely insane on the men's side. We had a couple, uh, you know, a couple big classes all around the bodybuilding was solid through and through classic physique was incredibly competitive. Once again, Calgary is leading the way. I don't know what is going on, but Calgary and Alberta is pumping out IFBB pros across the board when it comes to men's classic physique, you know, fast forward a little bit to the Sunday and we had six counted six competitors, including the athlete who just got their pro card on the Saturday compete in the pro show and in the men's classic physique, which is absolutely incredible. They are pumping out classic physique pros out of Alberta, like none other at this moment. So really, really cool to see, you know, men's physique, same thing. One of the cool things that we've seen in this particular instance is that a couple of athletes that have competed previously, you know, one being Taylor Wilson competing at the Vancouver Island showdown during the COVID year of 2021 placing, you know, it didn't get the overall card, but he lost in the overall coming in this year, came in shape and won that IFBB pro card on Saturday and then competed on the Sunday and he ended up placing fourth. And that's Taylor Wilson, who's a personal trainer. So let's talk about that right now. The business side of it, Taylor was already doing personal training before this event, comes in, gets his pro car, places fourth. I guarantee you his social media following is going through the roof. His The people that are going to reach out to him for personal training clients around the world is going to skyrocket because of this. Taylor you know, put his head down the last year. He wasn't discouraged. That he didn't win the overall at the regional level show, put his head down, put in the work, kept grinding, kept hustling, kept working out day in and day out in the gym and just grinding. And he was rewarded here as well. A veteran of men's bodybuilding, Chris Buer from Saskatchewan. Incredibly exciting to see him join the ranks of an IFBB pro. He's also a personal trainer. 
space just outside of Saskatoon. And this is only going to help his business be able to propel him even further. He threw his hands in the men's open bodybuilding, even though he's not a men's open bodybuilder per se. He definitely will fit more in the 212 class. I think he'll do better there. But he threw his hat, you know, his hand in any ways to get his feet wet in the IFBB Pro category and to see where you know, he fits against all these other athletes. So I'm sure it was an incredible experience and event for him as a whole taking place in that particular event. You know, now these athletes, they're professional athletes. I give every athlete all the credit in the world that turned pro on the Saturday and got on that pro stage the next day. Now you are a pro athlete. It's your job to compete. This is your field. This is your hockey rink, whatever you want to say it is. You are now professional. You get paid with prize money to show up at these events and place and win the shows. So, you know, all the power to both you guys, everybody that got a pro card was ultra deserving of it, you know? So let's just, uh, you know, look at it for what it is. Like I said, I think we are in a downturn. I think we've hit the bottom here now at a pro qualifier with just around hundred athletes. I think things are going to continue to grow. I think the Canadian nationals in the fall here will be a bigger event. And then heading into 2023, the events are only going to get bigger and bigger. So if you are sitting there on the sidelines right now, get on that pro qualifier stage because you never know these same things could happen to you and you can take your pro, you know, you could have a chance to get that pro card and propel your business forward. And it'll just be one of the best things that, that you that you could honestly ever do. And even if you don't, you're competing, you're documenting, you're capturing your journey all the way through. You're being relevant. You are walking the walk and talking the talk by getting on that stage and proving to potential customers and clients that you live and breathe this industry as a whole. So overall, I attended both days. The, uh, the pro qualifier was well attended, which was really nice to see, um, you know, out in Abbotsford both the men's and the female event. I would say they, I would say they're, they probably sold approximately 300 or so tickets to each the, uh, the men's and the women's It was a one show format. So that was great to see on uh, the pay-per-view as well. Um, you know, I don't have any official numbers for that, but from what I've heard, I think it looks pretty good. Um, in regards to the, to, to, to the number, I would probably say there was probably a couple hundred pay-per-views purchased just based off some of the history that I have from promoting shows. And I'm sure Michelle, obviously Michelle crack promoter, giving ton of props to her, you know, putting on this pro qualifier and reaching athletes across Canada. Um, we'll have a couple hundred, uh, if not more pay-per-views from the event itself. So it was incredibly great to see. I mean, the pro qualifier, you know, just for you people that, that don't know or realize the sanctioning on that is $20,000 to be able to have the rights to host a pro qualifier. So you take that by the, by the, the cost to enter the show, um, you know, at a hundred athletes and it barely even covers the cost of sanctioning. So those ticket sales are things that the promoters need to be able to help pay for everything else that goes into the event, you know, everything from the actual venue to staffing to, um, any favors that, that they give athletes, athlete bags, t-shirts, anything that gets handed out to them, soundstage lighting, you know, insurance. There's so many things that go into the actual show itself. Um, and so, you know, you need ticket sales. That's really as that's your bread and butter as a promoter at this stage. Second to that is sponsorship. You know, she had, um, a great little expo out there in, uh, it was actually really neat. The first time I actually seen vendors set up outside under tents as well. 
So she had some restraints in regards to the actual FOIA of the event, but she adapted. She put a couple tents outside and was able to get additional sponsors out there. So really great to see that, see that these, some of the local companies were stepping up and wanting to support the event. I think that is absolutely incredible. You know, we fast forward to the pro show. It is a big undertaking when you take on an IFBB pro show and the costs are astronomical. Men's pro bodybuilding, $25,000 in prize money. Every other class, a minimum of $3,500 USD. And I'm going to go through the classes really quickly. We had men's open bodybuilding. We had men's classic physique. We had men's physique. So there's three classes on the men's side. Then we had women's fitness, women's figure. We had bikini and bikini masters. So seven classes right there that goes out. We had six of them, obviously around the, um, you know, 3,500 USD mark. So some quick math, you know, we're sitting approximately 20,000 there plus 25,000 for the men's open bodybuilding. So, you know, Michelle crack was on the hook for approximately $45,000 USD in prize money alone, not counting the sanctioning fee that gets paid to the IFBB pro, pro league on top of that. This event easily cost Michelle in one day, a hundred thousand dollars to run hands down very hands down easily, which was incredible to see where she almost had a packed house for the men's event. It was great to see. I don't know what the capacity is. I would probably, I would, I'd estimate around 400, um, you know, around 400 tickets sold for that. It was really great to see spoke with president Ron Hache of the CPA, and he was elated of the turnout that happened for that event, obviously taking place in Abbotsford. So really great to see that happen. Really exciting. Um, as I alluded to, you know, that's really what you need the bread and butter to be able to pay back the expenses that go into it. Um, so, you know, just do some quick, simple math. I mean, if we're looking at $70 for a ticket times 400 tickets, it's approximately $28,000 recouped from the one show, the women's show in the evening wasn't as well attended. Um, I'd probably say around hundred tickets sold there. So you're probably looking at another 7,000. So in ticket sales alone, you know, we're probably looking to say a total of, you know, 35, 36,000 in ticket sales right there. We're able to recoup, obviously some sponsorship hopefully came along, you know, along with that. And then obviously the pro qualifier, the pro qualifier has to be able to feed and fund any of these pro shows that take place. And so, I mean, I don't know. I hope Michelle came out. Okay. Because if we don't have these events, if we don't have the opportunity to have our athletes showcase, have the opportunity for people to get pro cards, they can't advance you know, within the system, they can't grow. They can't get those credentials. They can't get that certificate, that IFBB pro card that proves that they have put in their time effort and they've learned the lessons that were needed to be a true professional. And then on the pro side, we need to be able to see those pros to be able to inspire the next generation of athlete. It's incredibly important that people just getting into the sport can see the legends that they can see the best professional athletes in the circuit compete in their own eyes in front of them here locally. It does wonders having pro events will foster and breed the generation to come. It'll keep the sport strong. And so, like I said, I hope from a business standpoint, she was able to recoup all the costs there. I'm not so sure how it all worked out, but I really hope she's able to come back bigger and better next year, stronger, because I think she really found something by moving the event to Abbotsford 
to her hometown, to a place that she knows with a great venue that was able to put on an event that I hope for her sake and everybody's sake was profitable so she can continue. This is the seventh year. Michelle Crack, I actually learned a couple of things about her today. She started out in 2012, became an IFBB pro figure athlete. She got into the business side of the event. She started promoting shows. I don't, uh, I don't know exactly uh, when. I believe it was around 2014. I actually competed in, I believe, her first ever show um, as an amateur in, in, in the regional level, winning my class at that particular event. She worked her way through. She became an IFBB certified judge. And then she started promoting the IFBB Pro Show seven years ago today, which I'm assuming is around 2015, 2016, when she did the first ever Vancouver Pro Show. So quite a great feat. Um, like I said, I just wanted to jump on here really quick, give you guys an update of what I see in the landscape. I've seen a ton of trainers. I've seen a ton of supplement companies there, both either attending or exhibiting, seeing people that are coming together, the camaraderie was uh was great to see it was a positive environment all around if you guys get a chance check out any of the bodybuilding shows that come in your area i'm sure the scene the environment is exactly the same stay strong hope you guys are doing incredibly well have an awesome week if you guys um you know could do me a favor leave a review on any of the platforms that you were listening to I'm going to keep pumping these things out for you guys, bring you guys more value, bring you guys more content. Take care. We'll talk soon. Corey Swergas here with the Physique Business Podcast.